Yo! It's uh, Tuesday, maybe uh, the 11th, maybe the 12th. I think it's actually the 12th. Anyway, there's a couple things on my mind, man. There's um, I saw a video the other day about Morgan Freeman, and they're having a uh, he's being interviewed by a uh, African American newscaster on one of the major media outlets, and so he talks about, do you th still think the um, there's still income equality, inequality, or the distribution of wealth is still marginalizing um, African Americans and minorities. And Morgan Freeman thought about it a little bit, and he's like, no, no, I don't. I don't think it's a problem. And he goes, and the interviewer says, so, you know, but you, so that kind of goes back to the let's pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, do you think everybody should be able to do that? And Morgan Freeman thought about it. And he goes, mm, yeah, they can. Look at you and me. We're, we're out of it. Right. But I don't know. I, like, I don't know if I fully agree with that. Part of the reason is I actually saw a great interview of Morgan Freeman and he talked about he didn't have a white teacher. Morgan Freeman's in his probably mid to late 70s. He didn't have a white teacher until he was in college. Like, he lived in a fully segregated community. Um, he was raised by his grandparents. His aunt was a teacher. And so he, his aunt, because they didn't have a babysitter, his aunt would bring him to school, like a fourth grade school class, when he was like four and five years old. And so he was actually very, very well educated, so much so that the aunt would be asking the third and fourth graders questions and Morgan Freeman, a much younger kid, would answer the questions. And so he, you know, like I think someone like Morgan Freeman is absolutely 100% above average intelligence, extremely smart in the top percentage of, uh, you know, people, quote unquote, in society. It's kind of like this idea of like, when you think of the super successful or the people that really make it, whether they're middle class or not, that, you know, that are exceptional, like the guy doing the interviewing and Morgan Freeman, one of the best actors in our generation. I mean, they're top one and two percent in, in, in the world. And so it makes sense that if you have that drive and if you have that intelligence and Morgan Freeman's case, the opportunity of being well-educated, like, yeah, you've got much better opportunity to make it out. But what I'm what I always think about is the middle. Like the average dude. Does the average dude I mean I look at me I look at me myself. I have attempted to do all kind of stuff in business and um all kind of strategies whether it's real estate, network marketing, sales, you know, whatever the case. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to do it this way. This is how you do it. Boom, boom, pow, boom, boom, pow. Uh, I'm going to blow it up. And realize, quickly realizing that, hey, I'm not as good as I think I am. And so kind of settling back down to this like average spot. So for the, and many would say I'm above average. But, uh, I don't really think that. But, but what about the average marginalized minority? Do they really have, do all people in a community have the ability to pull up, pull themselves up by their bootstraps? Well, could you say if they are driven enough? Absolutely. 
I just wonder if I, an average dude, with the influences that I was influenced with, that the things that I was attracted to when I was younger, and I had a married parent, married parents in a more or less good home uh, with good professional influences, and I still was messing stuff up and doing dumb shit. So, yeah, what do you think, man? What, how, what do you, do you think that, do you think the average dude or family or person can pull themselves up by their bootstraps and pull themselves out of generational poverty? Or do you think that there's, you know, an element of marginalization? I don't know. What do you think? Holla! Here's the other thing I was thinking of. I did a I had did a podcast about when there is a face with a culture or with a topic or with the situation it's a lot harder to cast them to the side. In other words, when we're talking about minorities or the poor or immigration, it's easy to, or welfare recipients. It's easy to go oh screw them over there if they want to work for it if they want something different they should work for it they shouldn't take my money so if we have them as a as a group it's easy to cast them aside however if we know someone that's on welfare we know a minority that's been disenfranchised it's much harder to go screw them if they want it they can go work for it perfect example is a buddy of mine chris is over in Africa right now. He raised, I don't know, five to seven thousand dollars to go drill a water well uh, next to a school in Africa. And it's a really nice guy. He does a lot of, you know, volunteer work around the community. But on Facebook, he's sharing about just how difficult it is to go over there and to be, to have boots on the ground and see like true poverty like he said i am shocked at how many kids i see that are just desperately hungry kids after kids after kids that are literally starving that have to walk miles for water and they had enough money to drill one water well they bought a bunch of rice and they bought a bunch of backpacks and he was handing out the backpacks and the rice and talk about the desperation that the kids felt when they ran out and how hard it must be when you're handing out rice and backpacks and you're not able, you don't have enough to give out. Um, man, just talk about perspective. Talk about like, we all know there's people in the world starving. We all know there's people in our own towns struggling uh, that are poor. But this, I guess, supports my, uh, my hypothesis that if the average middle American would actually have boots on the ground in our poorest neighborhoods, in the homes of the poorest neighborhoods, and see these people truly struggling, I think that uh, I think that our voting would be different. I think that what we do with our volunteer uh, in our volunteer efforts would be different. I think that where we write checks 
would be different. I think that um, I think it would be a lot harder to cast aside whatever group, uh, whether it be in disenfranchised minorities or the poor. I think it would be a lot harder to say, screw them, don't take my tax dollars and give it to someone that's not working. Holla. Here's something else I was thinking about today is this idea of money and politics. So the ability for large groups and corporations to donate massive amounts of money to uh, political uh, candidates, senators, House of Representatives, funds, etc. And a perfect example of this is uh, I read an article today about net neutrality. And the large ISPs, those are internet providers, Verizon, AT&T, Comcast, have donated over $101 million to congressmen and House of Representatives in the way of parties, trips, benefits, etc. So this whole net neutrality thing is totally running, flying under the radar. Um, net neutrality, for those of you that don't know, is the ability for internet providers to regulate the internet. In other words, they have the ability to slow down or speed up your internet speed depending on how much you pay. Also, if you're a business, they will uh, allow, they have the ability to charge you more to provide more bandwidth. Now, the underbelly of that is if someone pays the internet company more money, they can slow down the websites of your competitors, so the ability for the website to load and the speed in which it loads, which in you know the internet uh, society today, if internet or web pages aren't loading fast enough, we switch to something else. So it can speed up how uh, uh, speed up the loading speed of someone that's paying them more, etc. So here it is, flying under the radar. The government is going to be voting on turning the internet into a utility, uh, which in the overall scheme of things may not seem like that big of a deal. But here's my issue is our political representatives do are not incentivized to make decisions based on the people. They're incentivized to make decisions based on aligning themselves with uh, people and organizations that they find beneficial. For example, if you're a congressman and you know that you're about to pass net, uh, you're about to pass the ability for AT&T, Verizon, and Comcast to regulate the utilities which is going to be a huge win for them, and they're going to make an enormous amount of money. Do you think it might be a good idea to buy some stock in Verizon, AT&T, and Comcast? Huh, that makes sense. Hey, if we give you $2 million towards a, a fundraiser or a nonprofit that you have as a congress, congressman that's important to you, do you think that uh, you might vote my way? when it comes time to uh, to decide on if we should charge for the internet or not. So that's just one small sliver of why, as a 37-year-old middle-class white male, do not feel represented by 
um, by our political elect, uh, elected officials. It just, look, again, all these opinions that I have, like, I don't necessarily have a solution. It just doesn't give me confidence that when it when it comes down to it, that our representatives are going to vote the way of the people. Or are they going to vote the way of, you know, uh, of their financial interests, um, which is ultimately the top richest of the rich of the rich who tend to be uh, having the most influence on society. What you think about that? Nah, holler. Do you think your people are representing you, your elected officials? Do you think they're representing the greater good of the people? Or do you think they're representing the larger whole of who sends them the most cheddar? I don't know. Holler.